Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our Church celebrates the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Now, some priests consider this a preacher's nightmare because it is difficult to wrap our minds around God because God is infinite and we are just finite creatures. There's only so much that we can take in and understand. But what I want to do is seize every opportunity to preach about the Holy Trinity because really it is a celebration of God. Now, we profess that our faith is Trinitarian. And what do we mean by that is we believe in one God and three persons of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you look at all of aspects of our church, doctrine, dogma, sacraments, sacred scripture, it's all heavily stamped with the Holy Trinity. Just look at our Mass. The very first movement of our Mass is we sign ourselves in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We invoke God's name when we begin praying. We acknowledge that when we pray, we call upon all three persons of the Holy Trinity. We just don't pray to one person when we pray, or two people. We pray to all three of them. More to it, we recognize where we are in proximity to God. We exist inside that community of love that exists between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think a great example of this that captures this is St. Patrick's prayer. St. Patrick prayed, God above me, God below me, God in front of me, God behind me, God beside me, God inside me. See, St. Patrick knew exactly where he was, where we all are. We exist within that community of love, within the Holy Trinity. Now, with that in mind, go to the scriptures for this weekend. The first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy. Now, notice in the first passage, Moses, he essentially looks at the marvels of God's work and creation and praises it. Then he says, This is why you must know and fix in your hearts that the Lord is God in the heavens above and on the earth below, and that there is no other. Now, this is important for the Israelites to reaffirm this. Why? Because they've been living in Egypt as slaves for decades and decades. They've been exposed to cultures that have worshipped pagan gods and goddesses. Well, now Moses wants to reaffirm the Israelites There is only one true God, Yahweh. If you study sacred scripture, God slowly reveals the Holy Trinity throughout the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. The very beginning, the story of creation in Genesis. If you look at John's gospel, John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
in the story from Genesis. It says the Holy Spirit is hovering over the waters. Now, stay there in the book of Genesis. Fast forward to chapter 18. We have this very interesting story. These three men suddenly appear before Abraham and Sarah. And so Abraham and Sarah, they engage in this frenzied pace of hospitality. After the three men have eaten their meal and are about to leave, one of them turns to Abraham and says to him, We will come back here a year from now, and your wife Sarah will be pregnant with your son Isaac. And it came to be. Well, that story is the foreshadowing of the Holy Trinity. But it doesn't stop there. Fast forward to the New Testament. The baptism of Jesus, the Holy Trinity, is dramatically revealed. We hear the voice of the Father. We see the Holy Spirit descend upon Jesus in the figure of a dove. In the gospel that we just heard this morning, before Jesus ascends back into heaven, he gives the apostles what we call the Great Commission. He tells them to baptize all nations in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Look at last week. We celebrated Pentecost. Before Jesus leaves the apostles, he tells them, Go back into Jerusalem and wait for what the Father has promised you, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, when you stop and think, the Holy Trinity has been revealed to us at a very early age. How so? Well, one of the first things our parents taught us about our faith is the sign of the cross. You know, mom or dad said to us, okay, honey, this is how you sign yourself, you know, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Trinity is central to the teachings of our church. Now, one way to help us understand and grow in our love for the Trinity is think about the Holy Trinity as we look at ourselves. Now, we all share the same essence, the same makeup. We all share humanity. We are all human beings. We all share that. But we're all different individuals, right down to our DNA. No one is exactly the same person. No one has the exact same DNA, nor do we have the exact same fingerprints. They're all different. Even identical twins don't have the same fingerprints or DNA. Now, apply that to God. What does the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit share? Divinity. They share godliness. And yet, at the same time, they're separate and distinct from each other. The Father is not the Son or the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. They all have separate roles that they play in salvation history. The Father is the Creator. He presides at creation. He's also the sender. He sends the Son into the world, and later on, he sends the Holy Spirit into the world. The Son is the Redeemer, or Savior. He is the one who is sent to save us. The Holy Spirit is the Sanctifier. He makes holy. He is sent by the Father and the Son to give life to our church. Now, go to the Gospel. Here, Jesus, as I've said before, he gives the apostles the Great Commission. He says to them, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus tells to baptize in the name of all three persons of the Trinity. He just doesn't tell the apostles, well, baptize everyone in my name 
or in the name of the Holy Spirit. Now, we continue that same ritual even today. We always baptize in the name of all three persons. Now, as I mentioned, our faith is heavily stamped with the Holy Trinity. Go back to that example of our Mass. If you ever listen to the prayers during our Mass, all the prayers always are first addressed to the Father through the Son in union with the Holy Spirit. At the time of the consecration, in which we pray that God will change the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Christ, we begin that Eucharistic prayer first addressing the Father. Then further along, at the time of the consecration, the priest speaks the words of Jesus Christ, the very words that Jesus spoke at the time of the Last Supper. And those words, and only those words, have the power to command the Holy Spirit to descend upon the altar and change the bread and the wine into the body and blood of Christ. In doing so, the Holy Trinity is fully revealed to us every time we gather for Mass. Now, turn to the second reading, Paul's letter to the Romans. Paul says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. Paul is telling us, we are the adopted children of the Father, and now we participate in a life with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit poured into our soul at the time of our baptism. Next, Paul says, through whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is an Aramaic word for Father, but it's more an affectionate Father, almost like we would refer to as Daddy. Now, that's the same word that Jesus used when he taught the apostles how to pray, the Lord's Prayer. Paul continues, he says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Well, since we are adopted, it entitles us an inheritance. That inheritance is kept in heaven, which is eternal life. You see, Paul is reminding us, God considers us his children. Therefore, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit actively participate in our life. And in doing so, we are heirs to the kingdom of heaven. Now, stop and think about that. Just let that sink in. If that doesn't take our breath away, if that doesn't overwhelm us, then we're not paying attention. Today, We celebrate the Holy Trinity. It's a celebration of God. We believe in one God and three persons, all equal in power, grandeur, and majesty. Is the Holy Trinity a mystery? Yes, absolutely. Will we completely understand it? Absolutely not. But we shouldn't be discouraged. Here's the good news. The Holy Trinity is actively participating in our lives. It reveals itself to us every time we gather for Mass. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit consider us their adopted children. Our inheritance is heaven and eternal life. And see, that should always be a source of joy for us, now and forever. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.